0: Let's pray, Father, as we choose these candidates.
1: I'm in the small town of Atumwa. This is in southeast Iowa. I'm in a community center under fluorescent lights with beige linoleum floors. There's plenty of wood paneling here. You know this kind of small town place, right?
2: I pledge allegiance
1: to It's February 7th, 2022, and I'm at an Iowa caucus, but it's not a presidential year. You know, I'd been covering politics in the state almost four years before I really understood what a caucus actually is. And it's really simple. They're just meetings. <laughs> yeah, meetings. One of the best ways to explain a caucus is to look at one like this one, where there isn't a national spotlight, because remember, there's no presidential race. It's a midterm.
2: I have seven o'clock. How about you guys?
1: Trudy Cavanus is running the show tonight. She's the Wapello County Republican Party chair. Remember, the political parties, not the state of Iowa, manage the caucuses. Cavanus is a pro because she's done a ton of these
2: tonight to have our Secretary of State, who actually comes from a Tumwa. Thank you, you,
3: Trudy. Thank
1: you very much. This is the current Secretary of State, Paul Pate. He's one of the many speaking at this caucus.
2: We bought your voter ID. I worked hard to get that bill passed. And I've had to defend it. Thank
1: you. The caucus-goers hear from a lot of politicians running for state and county offices. If someone running for office can't be here, a surrogate might speak on their behalf. After the speeches, Trudy fills me in on who shows up to these things.
2: We get a lot of people that have maybe come to the office or something, and now they really want to get involved. And they want to help do something, they want to help serve on one of our committees or do something like that. So that that's what this happens. We build our party at our caucuses.
1: This is one of the ways Iowa Republicans and Democrats benefit from the caucuses, because it brings people out and gets them engaged with the parties, especially in presidential years.
2: So if we have people here tonight that really, really want to talk planks and platform, they can be on the committee. And then that group gets together, and they will they spend a few hours or more, and they will put together the, the county platform. The county platform then will be voted on by the delegates at the county convention.
1: When 2024 rolls around, this precinct will likely have a lot more people showing up. They'll be here because they want to help select the next president. Those Republicans will just write the name of the person they want on a piece of paper, put it in a hat, and votes will be tallied up on the spot. Kavanaugh says one of her traditions? Never tip your hand on who you're caucusing for.
2: My husband doesn't even know who I caucused for. We, you know, that's just the way that we have done it all over the years.
1: This time around, the traditions of the Iowa caucuses are being overshadowed by the grip former President Donald Trump has on the Republican Party. This is the guy who helped color this state red. But now there are high-profile GOP leaders in Iowa who think Trump doesn't have what it takes, and they don't want Republicans to lose that top spot like what we've seen with the Democrats. I don't like the divisiveness that he's brought. There are Republicans in Iowa who are ready to move on from Trump.
3: And I'd like to see somebody run that's got eight-year potential, not a four-year potential again.
2: I
4: voted. I respected Donald Trump. He did what he needed to do. But, you know, it's time for him to let somebody else come in.
1: Despite multiple indictments, including two for trying to overturn the last election, Trump has dominated the polls this year.
3: I'm the only person ever indicted who went way up in the polls. Everyone else, true.
1: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is seen as his biggest rival.
0: So the one thing you know about me from Florida is when I tell you I'm going to do something, I'll do it.
1: As the caucuses grow near, he picks up a big endorsement.
4: I could not and cannot sit on the sidelines any longer.
1: After months of remaining neutral, Governor Kim Reynolds chooses a favorite.
4: And it is why I am so proud to stand here tonight and give him my full support and endorsement for President of the- Don't complain
2: about what you get in a general if you don't play in this caucus.
1: With former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, it's basically a three-person race.
2: We've got to leave the chaos and the negativity and the drama behind us.
1: In this episode, we're looking at the effect of Trump's grip on the Republican caucus cycle. Iowa is so crucial this year. that I believe if the former president gets beat here, it's game on to the nomination. I believe he wins here, he runs the table. From Iowa Public Radio, in collaboration with NPR's Midwest Newsroom, this is Caucusland. I'm Clay Masters. Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at CorridorVein and CorridorAesthetics.com.
3: We support leaders like our governor, the best governor in the United States of America.
1: If you've been to a Republican Party of Iowa event in the last decade, you can't mistake Jeff Kaufman.
3: We are going to unify and get rid of that fool in the White House. That's why we're here tonight.
1: Hoffman is chair of the Republican Party of Iowa, and he's been in that role since 2014. It seems
3: like so long ago. I was brought in to do this for two years, and here
1: I am eight and a half years later. He's quite a bit calmer when you sit down with him for an interview like this one from December 2022. I envision when you took over, it was kind of like the parents showed up uh, after an all-night bender that the kids were having. <laughs> Am I, is that a correct assignment? That's how I remember
3: it. No, it really was. It was an absolute utter mess. I mean, we had maxed out credit cards. We were broke. We had, get this,
1: 12,000 unanswered emails or phone messages. We're talking a few weeks after the 22 midterm when Iowa Republicans let the rest of the country know this is a red state, but Kaufman doesn't take that for granted. I still think that we have tendencies to be a swing state. This is also right after President Biden put that letter out saying he wanted the Democrats to kick Iowa out of that early window. I still believe that the Democrats are
3: not a dead entity, which make which makes this even more frustrating, Clay, because... As the Republican chair purely, I probably should welcome, you know, what the National Party is attempting to do here. But, you know, this is about Iowa. I, I, I'm okay competing against a healthy Democratic Party. We've done well, but this is, this, the, all this is doing is driving Iowa away from swing state status. The reason why, why, Repub, why Republican and Democratic candidates come to this state is because they know come the general election, they got a shot. They also know, ask Jimmy Carter, ask Barack Obama, ask Ted Cruz, ask Rick Santorum. They've got a shot at Iowa making their case here. I I really believe, and I think this, I, I believe this in my heart of hearts in a bipartisan way, that that because we start things in Iowa, I truly believe we can look a fifth grader when they first have Iowa history or Iowa civics, and we can look them in the eye and say, someday you can be
1: uh, president of the United States. Kaufman also heads up the Republican National Committee's team that sets the Republican calendar of early states. At the time of this taping, he was getting ready to welcome every 2024 GOP presidential contender to Iowa.
3: I don't want my legacy to be Kaufman had him in 24. I want my legacy to be Kaufman set things up so it's easy for us to keep it in 28. And so I will be I will be neutral. In fact, i am gonna do what I did in 16. I'll tell you exactly what I did in my office. I had a list of every candidate. I think there were 17 of them, all but one came to, to Iowa. And I made sure that I attended an event for every one of them and I made sure that I made a highly favorable speech for every one of them.
1: Kaufman says he's not picking a favorite and he'll remain neutral all the way through caucus night even though his son, Republican Representative Bobby Kaufman is a senior advisor to the Trump campaign. With Democrats already losing their first in the nation status here, there's a lot riding on Republicans to get the caucuses right this time. Kedron Bardwell is a political science professor at Simpson College in Indianola, that's just south of Des Moines. He says Iowa is important on the Republican side, but there
5: hasn't been much of a competition. It's a very hard slog for any of these Republican candidates to overcome that both name recognition and loyalty advantage that Trump has stoked. Because, let's face it, the, the Republican Party today is a party that, that doesn't have much of a platform anymore. Bardwell says national narratives are changing the traditions of caucus campaigns. We used to talk about this idea in Iowa caucuses of different lanes of candidates. Well, this is the economic conservative lane. This is the anti-establishment populist lane. This is the Christian conservative lane. And maybe two or three candidates can fit there because there's so many uh, voters in that lane. But uh, the lanes don't make sense right now. So we've really got kind of like a 12-car (laughs) pileup right now (laughs) instead of the traditional lanes we have in American politics. He says the other candidates just took too long to say why they were running against Trump. This
1: is a race where the former president continues to deny his election loss that led to the riots on January
5: 6th at the U.S. Capitol. Why aren't people responding? Why aren't they pushing back, especially the Republican candidates that are running against Trump? Because it makes zero sense to concede every point that Trump is making on these issues that you just raised around January 6th to 2020 election. If you're running against him, you have to be able to make the case for why you're different and why he's wrong. Because if he's right and the election was stolen, there is no rationale for anybody else to run. Run the same candidate again, fix the fraud, and he'll win. In fact, the loudest voice pushing back on Trump
1: was his former vice president.
3: Well hello Hawkeyes.
1: Mike Pence is speaking to a group of young Republicans in November 2021.
3: It is great to be at the University of
5: Iowa. I want to thank
1: Many them. Trump supporters turned on Pence after he presided over the Senate's approval of the 2020 electoral college vote. You'll remember some at the January 6th riots at the U.S. Capitol put up a makeshift gallows and shouted, hang Mike Pence, as others searched the halls of Congress for him. Pence held a Q&A after his speech. A man named Jared gets the mic. On the night of the 5th or the morning of the 6th, someone in the White House convinced you that you that it would destroy your hopes of becoming president if you, if you uh, sent, sent it back to the states. My question is, what is the name of the person who told you to buck the President Trump's plan and certify the votes?
3: James Madison.
1: Pence pauses for applause. But virtually everything you recited relative to me is false. During his speech, Pence praises Trump. He compares him to Ronald Reagan, touts their administration's policies. But when it comes to January 6th, he cites the Constitution. The Constitution is very clear that elections are to be governed at the state level. The founders actually
3: made that decision at the Constitutional Convention. And the only role of the federal government was to open and count the electoral votes that were sent by the states. Now, I understand the disappointment in the election.
1: You might remember I was on the ballot.
5: <laughs> but you've got to be willing to do your duty.
1: This continues to dog him during his five-month stint in the race. Here's Kedron Bardwell.
5: It is incredibly... Yeah, surprising to me still just to see how few national and state Republican leaders will admit what I think 90% of them believe behind the scenes, uh, that Trump didn't win uh, and that it wasn't stolen and that what Trump did to incite January 6th was wrong. But they can't say that explicitly because they have to worry about the voters that still think it was a righteous cause. While Trump continues to dominate the polls, he returns to Iowa because he does not
1: want a repeat of 2016 when he came in second in the Iowa caucuses. You know, it's always said the person in the White House is the one that kind of determines who gets the starting line. And if if Trump comes in second in Iowa again, I mean, there's, what's
5: the point for him? So yeah, if Trump wins in in 2024, yeah, no incentive whatsoever uh, to kind of bring you know i to give iowa priority anyway and and we know what when people turn against him he turns against them there's that kind of nature of his personality and vindictiveness uh, and so i think you know he's he's putting in quote an effort in iowa Unbelievable. so what does that effort look like
0: to make america great again that's a very
1: well he's not just holding the big rallies we've grown accustomed to
0: we don't need eight years we need, we need five months
1: for example in june 2023 he stops at the machine Shed restaurant in Urbana. He reminds the small crowd packed into this room. He appointed those justices to the Supreme Court that overturned Roe v. Wade. He also touts farm subsidies he doled out during his time in office. So
3: there's no way I can lose Iowa. Let's see what happens. I don't think so. Uh, we'd have to. Uh,
1: we'd have to do some really bad things to lose at this point. Trump continues to defy the norms, like skipping invitations to speak at forums in front of Iowa's influential evangelical Christians. He doesn't even bother to participate in Iowa Senator Joni Ernst's annual Roast and Ride fundraiser, but he still dominates the field. And to see an example of his influence, let's take a trip to the Iowa State Fair. This is Caucusland from Iowa Public Radio. I'm Clay Masters.
4: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: Walking down the main concourse of the Iowa State Fair on the opening day, pretty decent crowd, nothing too busy. Along the State Fair's main concourse is this dinky little stage.
2: Welcome to the Des Moines Register political soapbox.
1: The state's largest newspaper invites politicians to speak here for 20 minutes.
2: Please join me in welcoming Nikki Haley to the Soapbox.
1: The former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations is one of the presidential hopefuls taking a turn on the stage. She gives a short version of her stump speech, and then...
2: So we've got questions. Anybody raise your hand? There's nothing I won't answer.
1: Someone asks Haley why she's against gay marriage.
2: Where did you get that I was against gay marriage?
1: The beauty of the political soapbox is it's spontaneous, and it's harder for politicians to control their surroundings.
3: Co- corporations are people, my friend.
1: Like in 2011 with then-presidential candidate Mitt Romney.
3: Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. So where do you think it goes?
2: It goes in their pockets!
3: What, what? Whose pockets? Whose pockets? People's pockets. Okay, human beings, my friend.
0: The state fair being the state fair, Romney, the candidate, couldn't just ignore them. Don Gagne is a
1: national political correspondent for NPR.
0: As a reporter, it's just one of those moments that you look for because it is actually real.
1: Gagne's covered a lot of Iowa caucus cycles.
0: And I'll tell you, there's nothing more iconic than seeing a presidential candidate at the Iowa State Fair.
1: Gagné says the Romney scene was perfect for radio. He used this audio in a story that also features him eating fried butter on a stick that year.
0: Well, now the butter, is, there we go. the butter is cold. And I just ate I don't know if that's the full experience. like a teaspoonful of, kind of raw, cold butter. <laughs> I recorded myself eating that on the radio and kind of having fun. And that did not seem incongruous at all to put that moment next to the Romney corporations are people too moment in my story the next day.
1: But Gagné says in 2023, these kinds of scenes would sound tone deaf as criminal indictments hang over Trump.
0: It just would have felt different and and very inappropriate to segue from covering Trump at the fair to saying, oh, by the way, let's now go get some fair food. Um, And I don't know that I'm capturing it the way I describe it now, but it, 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 just felt like a like a very very different experience this time as as campaign rallies feel different than they once did and as i think every aspect of the campaign feels different than it once did
1: it's been a long held tradition that most presidential candidates speak at the political soapbox
4: i'm on okay Thank you all for But
1: this year, Ron DeSantis declines and skips it for something new.
4: Well, first of all, welcome back to the State Fair. Ron, it's great to have you here, so welcome back. No, it's great to be here. We're really excited.
1: <laughs> Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds invites all the Republicans to come to her stage for something she calls fairside chats. Unlike the political soapbox along the main concourse, Reynolds's stage is behind one of the bars on the fairgrounds. It's a little bit out of the way, and you kind of have to know where you're going to get there. It's a chance for the republicans running to have a more friendly
0: audience as a leader that i got elected to serve the people i care more about protecting the people's jobs that i was elected to serve than i do about protecting my own political hide
1: desantis doesn't directly call out trump by name as for the former president's trip to the fair he declines to speak on these stages instead he shows up the same day as desantis the Florida governor is met with a lot of heckling and trolling, like when he goes to the pork tent to flip meat and is surrounded by Trump supporters. There's even a plane flying over the fairgrounds with a banner that reads, Be likable, Ron. Trump supporters flock to the pork tent to get a look at the former president. Some try to get a selfie or an autograph. Mr. President, will you sign my hat? Trump takes a moment here and there for some seemingly traditional retail caucus politics. — 2020,
3: the election was rigged,
1: oh, A president appearing at the fair always draws attention. So this major clog in one of the busiest parts of the state fair brings the lunchtime crowd to a standstill.
0: — You guys are trying to get a pork chop? — Yeah, no. oh, that's our first stop. That is Sorry. our first fucking stop is to get a pork chop on the stick. Fucking Trump.
1: This is the perfect microcosm of all the campaigning ahead of the 2024 caucuses. A crowded field desperately trying to gain the attention of voters only to be overshadowed by Trump. Trump, 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 Trump. The most prominent Republican in the state is Governor Kim Reynolds. I talked with the governor in her formal office at the Iowa Capitol. She was getting ready to spend every day at the fair.
4: Early on, when candidates, when I'm inviting them here and asking them to go to all 99 counties, get out in the state, talk to Iowans, uh, they're not going to do that if they feel like, you know, they they don't have a fair shot at it.
1: It's August, she's still neutral, and Trump is angry about it. The, the former president did express frustration with you for remaining neutral in this uh, presidential primary. Do you plan to endorse at some point?
4: Well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say never, um, you know, but I, I said, you know, I need to maintain neutrality. Uh, I want all candidates to feel welcome. I've said, give me a call. I'll be happy to do an event. I did an event with him right, off, right out of the beginning. I think it was yeah. in Davenport. We had a good turnout.
1: I remind Reynolds that in 2016, after Trump came in second in the Iowa caucuses, a couple days later, he accused the winner, Ted Cruz, of fraud. If, if the, the former president does not win the caucuses, how do you counter any kind of narrative that might come forward that there was fraud in the caucuses? Well,
4: you know, we'll just, we, we'll, there, we'll do it right. That's what we always do. That's why we got to secure it again this time, because they have confidence in what we're doing. And it's a, you know, this isn't a statewide function. This is a party function.
1: She pivots away from Trump and talks about the importance of the Iowa caucuses remaining first.
4: Our role as the First of the Nation caucus, is not to pick a winner. It is to narrow the field.
1: But three months later, she's no longer neutral.
4: Ron DeSantis is the person that we need leading this country.
1: And just before Thanksgiving, the head of the influential evangelical Christian group, the family leader, Bob Vanderplots, makes an announcement.
3: I'm thrilled to throw my personal endorsement and support uh, behind Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida.
1: Both he and Reynolds say Trump can't win in a general election. In their endorsements, they only draw more ire from the former president. Kim Reynolds
3: of Iowa has gone from a
1: popular governor to the most unpopular governor
3: in the entire United States of America. Not an easy feat.
1: The field has shrunk, but that hasn't changed the fact that this has been Trump's to lose from the get-go. I think it's unlikely um, that there would be any sort of uh, real momentum for anyone other than Donald Trump. David Peterson is a political science professor at Iowa State University, and his polling data hasn't changed all year. If he wins 50-20, right, if he beats, you know, the next closest candidate by 30 points, that's not a contest, right? I mean, that's the Harlem Globetrotters. That's, that's not anything that's going to really do much for that second-tier, that second-place place candidate. Trump is an exception to the traditions of the Iowa caucuses, not doing nearly as much of the retail politicking his competitors have. Peterson's poll respondents seem to think a Trump nomination is inevitable. It sure seems like they all believe Donald Trump is going to be the nominee. And so at some point it makes sense. If that's what's going to happen, why bother? Why bother paying attention? Why bother showing up on a cold January night when you know what the outcome is? Right. There's not a lot of excitement for the Democrats right now either. It's long been said there are three tickets out of the Iowa caucuses, first class, coach, and standby. It's another way of saying a candidate's political future isn't determined by winning outright here. But if Trump runs away with a victory in Iowa, what are the implications of Iowa's first-in-the-nation status in four years, or eight years, or ever again? This is one of the major things hanging over both Republicans and Democrats as they get ready to caucus on January 15th next time on Land.
2: We have several counties in the country that don't even have a newspaper now.
1: There are fewer resources devoted to covering the 2024 cycle.
2: It's not what local media loses, it's what our listeners and our readers lose.
1: As local journalism shrinks, misinformation is everywhere. This podcast is produced by me, Clay Masters, and John Pemble. Editorial support from Iowa Public Radio News Director Michael Leland and the NPR Midwest Newsroom's Chris Husted and Holly Edgel. Our music is composed by Garrett Schmid. Don't forget to rate and share the show. There's also a whole first season of Caucusland from four years ago if you want more history. You can find it at IPR.org. Caucusland is a production of Iowa Public Radio
0: News.